Welcome back to season four of Comic Book Nation, your official one-stop shop for all things geek culture. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, if you guys haven't met him, it's been a busy couple of weeks, but here is my core team of co-hosts, Janelle Wheeler. Hello. And Matthew Aguilar is back with us this week. Howdy. <laughs> and today we got to do some more. Uh, yeah, you, you put the Nashville in that. Okay. Um, today we got to do some more uh, cleanup from our whole review of the Batman. First, let's just do some uh, housekeeping notes. Uh, we want to say apologies to all of our many fans out there who mm. usually catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, whether through just technical glitch or Marvel conspiracy. Our <laughs> review of the Batman. Yeah, our review of the Batman did not make it onto Apple Podcasts for whatever reason. It was this uh, strange, unexplained thing that's never happened before. Before a big Batman episode, of course, there was some kind of glitch. So we did not get canceled, or at least if we have, they have not told us yet, and they're still making us do this show. Uh, or <laughs> which is just we cruel, just, by the way. Yeah, that would be cruel. I got yeah, things to do cruel. on Friday, um, but. We just did not have it go up on Apple Podcasts because of some weird technical glitch. So I did try to circulate links to our Spotify account so people could check it out there. And you can check it out on YouTube, Facebook, or on the comicbook.com site. We have, we put up every episode of the podcast there in various formats. So if you missed our Batman episode, go back and check it. Um, I personally think it was just Matt since he wasn't here. He just... He pulled some strings and made sure that that one without him never made it to anyone. <laughs> so, uh, but we're back today to do some cleanup. Today we are going to go back through and uh, now that the Batman is out and many more of you have seen it, we realize not everyone has seen it. So just right off the bat, we're not going to be talking crazy spoilers, but we are going to do a ranking of our top five Batman movies. So we're going to be doing top fives of Batman movies. And uh, these rules were simple. These are just movies that were released theatrically. I was that robbed. featured Batman as the primary character, or at least robbed. one of them. Um, yeah, I had to so change no, my whole like, thing. Yeah, no team movie. ensemble films. No, I mean, I love so many of the animated ones. We can maybe do a, one day just do a like DC animated rankings. And I mean, that's a whole other thing. But uh, yeah, so we're going to be ranking Batman movies. From the theaters. I bet. We've also got to talk first. about that Obi-Wan yeah. trailer. We've also got to talk about what happened to DC's year in movies and my personal depression. Uh, Matt gets to go on a, on a thing about WWE 2K22 and some of the more disturbing features of that game, which I believe I shared. So we'll be holding Matt accountable for all of that. And just to make things more exciting, as we're doing all this, it looks like all kinds of news is uh, dropping. Breaking. Yeah, breaking all over the place. There's new Doctor Strange poster and magazine covers dropping with all kinds of Go. Easter eggs. The Batman Riddler site is counting down as we speak. So what is going poster. to be is good. Like, yeah, Batman's about to be, probably make some kind of big announcement as we're sitting here. So we have juice producer Jim Discardi is on it. He's producing on the side, looking out for all this news as talking about all this stuff because uh, yeah, the Batman thing's about something's about to happen. And of course we're already on the show because that's what this show's all about. If you've ever, ever seen it, we're, we're doing this as the news is dropping. So hang on today. Like I said, it's going to be a roller coaster. So let's start at the top because we're going to keep things moving. 
Um, I think we can skip the Batman talk we had in the show because we literally might be talking about something that could change as we're sitting here talking. This is true. Yeah. So yeah, let's strike that. So let's move on. So we're just going to skip the Batman crazy. talk. We had a whole. I'm like box. watching typing on the thing. I'm like, what's? I don't know what's happening. Like, yeah, uh, but I'm excited. I did see it. So yay. Yeah. Finally. So something's going to happen. So um, we're going to skip that. But yeah, Batman is successful. Made a bunch of money. Uh, he's had the usual kind of mix of people like now going nuts with, uh, you know, it's America. So on the one side, we have people going nuts with Batman was always the best Batman. And on the other side, we have people going nuts with this is the worst and, you know, everything. But in the middle, people seems to be pretty successful, made good money opening weekend. And so that's why something's about to happen probably now with this franchise and some yeah. the future of it. Other than that, we also got have weirdest place day of, I mean, we had to really sludge through some dirt to get there, but uh, Disney's <laughs> investors call revealed the uh, Obi-Wan trailer. <laughs> and yeah, we got the Obi-Wan trailer, but man, was it a journey to get there. If, first of all, just if you don't know part of our job in the industry, like these Disney investors calls, you know, we get to sit in on some of them and listen to them and just kind of hear what they're like. And bruh, this one, whew, it is getting wild out there. I guess people have been inside too long, but uh, it was a lot of crazy shouting at Disney people about every pretty much subject that Twitter is fighting about right now. Yeah. It was wow. just like a rundown. Every time so they, somebody got up, we we're like, oh man, this guy sounds no. Oh, here we go. How about, so they're getting a lot of negative, like oh, a lot of hate. Oh, it's like, why has Disney submitted to the brainwashing of fill in hot political point? Like, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. My I mean, God. they, they yeah, made was, a lot of, there's a lot of hot topics and it's just, boy, you, you know, I'm sure somewhere like Disney PR was like, this is going to be hell. <laughs> did did they expect this or did it oh, kind of yeah, catch them off guard? Now. I think it's just part of the gig. Like, you so know they were now. ready. Like, well, oh, that, that poor man, they have a poor man that has to just read the same, like weird yeah. corporate, corporate, like monotonous thing. Like we refer you back to what we said. And then they have to actually vote on the crazy stuff. These people are like putting up because they're like motions. They're wow. motions to like change the company. Like yeah. let's oh not God. teach. Let's not teach, you know, like anyway. So moving on. We got the Obi-Wan trailer out of all of that. So here we are of uh, we got are this you? Obi-Wan trailer and it was a, it's a teaser. And um, my reaction is it was a good teaser. Um, it was pretty much everything I thought this series is going to be. It set up kind of the themes of Obi-Wan just trying to hang out and keep the faith of, you know, Luke Skywalker being the new hope and while dealing with obviously the trauma of how things got this crazy to this point and the failure of the Jedi and, you know, but Obi-Wan's Obi-Wan and, you know, fate force all that, you know, you can't hide forever in the desert. And so something is going to pull him back in. Inquisitors are out there looking for Jedi still as is their job. And uh, yeah, Obi-Wan's going to be trying to stay hidden while having to, you know, still be a hero that he is. And I feel like there's going to be a road trip element to this movie where he's got to go from, you know, Tatooine to wherever he faces Vader in the end. And, you know, it looks from the concept art, like that's on Mustafar. So there's going to be a road trip element to it with potentially big cameos and guest stars and Cal Kestis, you know, I'm just dropping that already. Cal Kestis, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, so yeah, it looks pretty exciting. And I thought it was dope. Ewan McGregor being back is dope. Uh, people are ragging on the Grand Inquisitor. Rupert Friend, actor Rupert Friend, plays the Grand Inquisitor um, from the Star Wars animated series. But uh, uh, I'm just happy to see another big animated character get on here. It seems like a tradition now for every one of these live action yeah. TV shows. 
So uh, I'm happy that. And yeah, I think Obi-Wan is going to be dope, man. So I'm just, I'm in. I like what Damon's saying in the chat. My main question is how much are people who didn't slash won't watch Clone Wars Rebels going to miss out on these Star Wars projects because they're going deep into that lore? I can at least speak on my behalf. I, I was very intrigued by this trailer and I know very, 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 very little about any lore at all. And I was still totally pumped because between the music, between Ewan McGregor, between the sets, like the, the landscapes, the action, it just looks, it looks like something is definitely up my alley, even more so than, you know, Mandalorian. I can't believe I'm even saying that, but it just seems it just seems really, really cool. Like the tone seems a little darker, a little less family friendly, and I like it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matt. I um look, this is the one that I was kind of like least like excited. I mean, it's not anything to do with anything of like the character or whatever. I was just like not the biggest like Obi-Wan person, right? Like there's just not the character that just like clicks with me. So I I was like, okay, I went in and, and this, I feel like this is a good teaser. Like it actually got me more excited for a series. I wasn't really excited about. So I feel like at the end of the day, that's a job, right? Like it's supposed to entice people like me. So I feel like, Hey, cool. Like I, I am excited for, you know, some of the, like that tradition of bringing in some of those characters is like an extra added bonus to me. Like, I think that's really cool. And that actually gets me excited too. Do you really think they'll, they'll pull the cow Kestis trigger? Yeah, I know. I'm saying I don't know if you hear me. My whole thing froze because I simply clicked on an image uh, dealing with high tech, <laughs> high technology over here at the home studio. Um, I, I think here's what I said, because I wrote up a piece for comic book saying, you know, will they, won't they on the Cal Kestis front? And what I kind of came down to is. Here's the deal. This is one of the rare opportunities you're going to ever have to have Cal Kestis in live action in a way that doesn't trip up with, you know, all the questions of what happened to Cal by the time of Star Wars A New Hope and does not interfere at all with like Jedi Fallen Order 2 if they want to do that game, because this is set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order is five years after Revenge of the Sith. And so that five year span leaves enough for another game to happen. And you don't have to actually deal with what happens to Cal by the time that, you know, Luke starts to bring the Jedi back and where he is and all that. So you don't have to do any of that. More to the point, every single one of the main characters in that game is an actor who is very gettable for TV. And that's no shade on any of the actors. Cameron Monaghan, if, even if it's just him from uh, Shameless and, and Gotham. Gotham like, these are people. Yeah, these are people we can easily get for a Star Wars TV show. And they're all modeled after, I mean, their faces were their characters in the game, except for the alien guy uh, for Grease. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just prosthetic work. So we can make it good for the fans, bring the actual actors from the game, just like Bo-Katan and Katie Sackhoff, bring them in. It's easy to do. It's just like, it's easy to fit in the story because Obi-Wan needs a reliable ride, right? At some point, like dude is not <laughs> going to need a reliable ride and who's going to be kind of more reliable than finding out that he, he kind of goes underground and finds a fellow Jedi to help him who is Cal, you know, and this ship of people, it's a nice one episode off if you want. Yeah. And, you know, they help him get away because they're the only people that, you know, know how to kind of are, are hiding in plain sight and active in the universe they know all about the Inquisitors because all the stuff we saw, like the Inquisitors, their underwater base is from like the comics and, and from like, you know, this game had a big component. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order had a big 
uh, Inquisitor subplot. And so who are like the people that can help Obi-Wan navigate against that? It's like few and far between, but those are some of them. Bail Organa is one of them. So we'll see Jimmy Smith's back. And then, you know, Cal Kestis is definitely one of them. So, I mean, it would be a big missed opportunity almost if they don't. But, you know, you never know. But I would say it's a pretty solid bet. Yeah, I uh, I think I think that's part of the fun of it. And you also prep that spinoff. You never know, right? You see that spinoff potential. Uh, if if I look, if I want anybody to show up here, can I get a Costa Reeves again? Get me another appearance, just just randomly, right? Universe <laughs> is a big place. All I'm saying. Yeah, you know, why not? I, I mean, want that. In, I want that in the Mandalorian, like the next the next season. I mean, why not? But uh, did you like? So you may you you're more optimistic about Obi Wan. So that's a win for us, right? I feel yeah. like that's a winner. It's a small yeah, a teaser, so like it can't go into crazy detail. I imagine then the next yeah. one will probably hook hook me. But I think I'm not just like ignoring it, and that's kind of what I was doing before. So I feel it like exists. It exists. Yeah. Matthew Aguilar. There you there go. There you go. Boom. That's that's real good. We're making progress here. Man. I will no. not be doing the Obi Wan review. <laughs> let's just spoil that now. Oh man. So before we go to break, let's just deal. Let's deal with the disappointing part of the podcast. <laughs> the down part. So this week and Jim Cardi wouldn't let me I, I couldn't go too ham on this because I was really I'm feeling some kind of way. Um <laughs> oh. basically DC blew it again. I love you, DC, but you blew it again. Now, since I've started my career in this industry, I have seen the collapse of. Wait. Seen the collapse of Justice League Mortal in that whole universe. Oh, God. The DCEU. Remember the original one with the original plans, like two Justice Leagues, a Flash and Green Lantern movie, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Saw the Snyderverse collapse. Yep. And now this big year in movie collapse. So that's four collapses I've seen in my career time alone in the DC kind of attempt to catch. Okay, whoa, 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 we were yeah. just talking about how great DC right. is going to have this year. I this get, year, this and this year. is my point. I am the disappointed fan who who was hyping all this. You're allowed to be. I know. It's not <laughs> that DC had to delay films. There's a lot of going on in the film industry right now. There's a lot of timelines that are thrown off because of the pandemic and other stuff. I get that. But like Nothing is certain here. It's uncertain sands we're still on. But yeah. mm-hmm. if if this had just been an announcement in like the press, DC is having these films come out. Now DC is not having these films come out. That's one thing, right? It's another thing when you pay yeah. the money and put something up in the Super Bowl yeah. to tell yeah. us all, yo, get hyped. Sierra Superheroes 2022. DC's coming with that noise. Here's four films. We got graphics. We got sizzles. We got it all. You should get hyped. This is our year. We're making those Marvel moves. This is it. DC Universe. Here we come. Yes. And then to come back to us then and be like, uh, by the way, you remember that footage? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to axe two of those films, and but you get a Shazam film. Here you go. Okay, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Nice day. Right. Okay, but we're I think you're I think we're going overboard. Just a little. Well, I say we. I think you I just are going overboard. I don't think you can go overboard. I just gave a like a reaccount of the facts okay. that we just lived. No, through. but you're saying that the whole year is washed, and then you go, oh, well, we axed two films. 
We delayed two movies, two of them. But like real. Flash is real. really important. Flash was right. really, it but wasn't that, just about the films. Like Flash was okay. really important. This was like Flash DC's year of realigning their universe. It's one at, no, I was not, that. you can put yourselves on that island. I was not putting all my onus on Flash, like whatever. I'm, I'm still, there's still a part of me that doesn't believe that exists. <laughs> okay, <laughs> So I'm saying that reel that we're talking about also had Black Adam. It also had Batgirl logos. It also like there's a lot of other DC stuff oh, that's coming out it. this year, and it also had like Shazam as well, and that was always a big part of that. It just also had Aquaman and Flash, and those are people are excited. I'm super excited for Aquaman too. Like I'm very excited for that. Um, but again, that's just two out of a larger piece. So to so I don't want to go overboard. I also don't want to discount that that's a huge bummer. And to me, that's if you had even the smallest inkling that those were going to get delayed. Why the hell do you put them in that trailer? Like to me, you just hold back. Don't put the footage in. Yeah. If you even think remotely, there's a possibility that you're going to delay it by a year. Feels like gaslighting. That's just <laughs> stupid. Well, that's just stupid because you invite this kind of backlash. Right. At the same time, I, there's a lot of DC projects I'm very excited about this but, year. So okay. for well, like, I go. wouldn't change my prediction. Let's put I, it that way. I would. Yeah, I'm still just as excited, but right. it just sucks. It's like, a bummer. No, but no, I'm not going. No, I'm guys, not a bandwagon. I'm not. Listen, I don't just. Yeah. I think you're smoothing over. First of all, let's just. Smoothing we already over. have the article out. I mean, I stated the facts. You okay? <laughs> nice, nicely done. Um, first of all, you're you're counting in. You, you have to count that Batgirl's going to be delayed. You have to no, be. Able I don't to have to count that. any of that until it happens. Okay, right. I'm not but Reddit. We know <laughs> that Batgirl is going to have Keaton in it, and that's not going to happen until the events of the Flash happen. Like that's. I don't think we, yeah. so. We know that. I agree on that. We've been yeah. on set. We absolutely know that, Kofi. Uh, okay, you want to play this game? I'm just no, telling. I'm saying I'm just I telling you what's going to happen. We can do the we can do the courtroom division. How much Chad of that crap so happened, too. Kofi? We were pretty. Everyone was pretty, pretty locked in. Like, I'll leave this to democracy. I don't think you're going to find a lot of supporters in the chat. Like, I mean, when does that bother me? I know, I know. you're going <laughs> to die what on this planet? hill. Are you one that I'm not used to just riding off? You my know own that this is forever, right? We are recording this. We are going to come back to this. I'm going to have Rich clip this and replay. Guys, listen to this comment. This comment is DC doing DC things. Like, yeah. that's thing. just perfect. I will said. react to it when DC's it happens. DC's going to DC. It's not going to happen. What I'm saying is, I don't go off ledges that haven't presented themselves yet. I will I, react bro, to it in the ledge. moment. I'm a futurist like Tony Stark, my man. I'm I just know this. I've done happen. this. Right. I don't know if you saw the opening to this, but I've done this dance before with DC, and I know I where this is going. Mephisto I confirmed. And that's, I'm going to let me get deeper in my point. Okay, yes, we only lost two films. That's a very kind of cut and dry way to look at it. But what DC was hyping, why they did a Super Bowl bat ad was this was going to be a year where they were going to give us a Marvel Cinematic Universe level run for its money kind of epic year in movies. A big proponent of that was The Flash as the most direct comparison to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness as Marvel and DC were on this rare kind of synchronous path to both jump into kind of these multiverse universe kind of resets to establish their next era of film franchises, right? Oh, wow. This is a good point. Damon says it's the equivalent of Marvel losing Multiverse of Madness this year. 
Yeah. And it's like, that's a big deal. Like your entire hinge for setting up the new format of your universe in the future to come is now delayed, which means everything else after that is now delayed. It's a cascading effect. We will now have to wait like till next year to get those events and set that all up. And then everything else that DC will look, will do, will begin to look like a late game kind of copying of Marvel, which is a previous criticism we've had to live through here but this was going to be the year we kind of maybe caught up and, and came at this at equal ground so this is a bigger deal i think and i think you're going to see in the long run like the disappointment and i think the cynicism is going to sit in like set in whether it is a big deal or not i think you know business and marketing is a lot of perception people are going to they're going to be more me's out there that look at this and say bro like again like i have no faith in this if I love how you point said the DC cynicism movies. is going to set in. What planet are you living on? Cynicism <laughs> is already there. Okay. Dude, like, yeah, it's I'm, already I, there. That was my attempt at hopefulness. Okay. <laughs> we can all agree that it's a bummer. No, and it's a major bummer, we but it's really also just, I feel like it's a failure. I mean, it's a PR failure because it's going to bring in a system like DC can't get it all, can't do it right. Marvel is the only one to put can't it. Get it up. <laughs> I was, I was kind of mixed metaphoring and then I had to like really say myself. So well, I, I said it like, for you. So I know. Thank you. That's why I'm <laughs> thank you. Um, Yeah. So like, yeah. And it's just that same perception, which is real. what I really did not want. I wanted to go and go through this year and then have DC establish like, Hey, we're DC. We have this multiverse, you know, here's the Batman. Here's the Joker. Here's this, you know, new, DCEU, if you will, with these new characters, Batgirl, Supergirl, like it was all going to be kind of a nice thing wrapped up this year. And now, like I said, it's just kind of delayed. And I love the Shazam franchise. I don't think giving me two Shazam films that will now obviously be connected to each other in some loose kind of way is the same equivalent of a spectacle that I, that we're going to get. And Batgirl's getting delayed. Just let's just put that out there. Do like, we have a reason why they delayed everything? Bun is asking in the chat. Oh, uh, you know, you always hear things, but, you know, it's not, you know, yeah, not officially. No. Do you think that they'll learn from this, like the PR and all of that? Do you think well, they'll be making mistakes like this in the future? I don't think it was. I'm going to say to everybody at Warner Brothers, because a lot of good people at Warner Brothers, I don't think it was a marketing failure. Like Matt said, I think you need to just read the kind of I think you need to read the situation at face value and ask just kind of real kind of core questions like why would you put this stuff in a Super Bowl ad if you weren't going to deliver and obviously the question is because up until something happened you thought for sure yeah. you were going to deliver so this is more I feel like kind of like force of nature act of God you know when I'm one of those things that kind of really just disrupted which I don't know if you've looked around at a grocery store lately but everything and, and nothing is certain in terms of just the reliability of things because of all these different things we've been through. Right. 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 So that's, all that's right. what else. Well, like. that was a perfect place to put a cap in that. <laughs> yeah, perfect place. Good old cap in that. Uh, disappointment. Erg. All right. So we're going to take our, we're going to take uh do we want to, is there anything else we need to do? And anything happen on the breaking news front? I don't think so. No, just Dr. Strange cover Riddler. What are you out there doing? <laughs> all right. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, it is time to rank our Batman movies top fives this is for all the marbles kid so come back and see how everybody measured up in their batman rankings combination we'll be back welcome back to comic book nation your one-stop shop for all things geek culture 
We have a new addition to the team. I mean, we I get so used to this because uh, our boy Richard has been punching the boards for all four seasons of this crazy show. For that, I am sorry, Richard. Uh, sorry. I'm sure this going to happen with your career here. As but, long as um, we cover Star Wars. Yeah, no, Richard yeah, is, is always down for some Star Wars. But uh, we also have a new podcast producer, Peter, who has been in the mix, who hey, you probably yeah. know because he's uh, killing it on the graphics front. Uh, if you haven't seen some of our show images lately, we're really kind of, we're stepping up from, uh, and not to say our old design team did anything bad. They did a good job, but uh, Peter really puts the love in like our Batman image today is, is looking real, real nice. So uh, thank you to Peter and uh, everybody say hi to Peter. Cause he is behind the scenes. And I don't think we've given that introduction. Peter. As he's, we threw him into the fire <laughs> of these last crazy weeks of uh, doing this badness. We call a show. Oh man, my light. My ring light. Look Said at every you. streamer ever. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my ring light. Let me fix my streamer problems, right? Yeah. Um, so uh but uh, as we've seen lately, the least of streamer problems. And that's yes. we're all we're gonna move on. Um, <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> Sip that tea and move on. All right, so what we hear all the main event today is our top five Batman movie rankings. The Batman is now out, which means we got to reshuffle all, I believe, 12 of the theatrically released Batman movies and kind of look at this again. Uh, like I said, this had these are movies that had to be released in theaters at some point, And Batman had to be like the central character of the movie. So or we didn't get into the whole... Or co-lead, yeah. So we didn't we allowed Batman v Superman because that's obviously a big Batman story, but we didn't allow Justice League because mainly because I didn't want to get into that whole mess. But uh, mainly because it's not really a Batman story. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I think so that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So all right, here is what we came up with, and I guess we're gonna do this kind of snake version. We're gonna start with me, kind of go through Janelle, go to Matt, and then Matt will go go back, and then we'll do it like you know. Just like one of those Love rides it. at an amusement park. So I'm going five. to start with my number five Batman pick. Yeah, there are 12 movies I wrote up. And these uh, are our top the favorite, yeah. by the way. Th- like there, uh, there are a lot. All, are there's great. love for all <laughs> yeah. of these. These are yeah. our top fives. These are not 12s. So Batman Forever and Batman and Robin are not on any of these lists because they're way <laughs> down on everybody's list. Don't worry. I love about you, that. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Moving on. But uh, our top fives, we're mainly here just to give you kind of more of our reasoning about why these are our favorites. So this is all positive. Um, uh, fair question in the comments before we start. Uh, yes, Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. Nobody's ranking a theatrical cut. That mess, I don't, I don't, I don't recognize that mess. So the Ultimate Edition, which is where the actual Batman story is, is in the actual full cut of Batman and Superman. So just to answer that technical question, I already saw in the comments. My number five pick for my top five Batman movies of all time is Batman Begins. That is the logo for Batman 89, but we mean Batman (laughs) Begins. Because I was looking at it, I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, there it is. So Batman (laughs) Begins. Um, And Batman Begins is my favorite because I believe that Christopher Nolan stepped into the Batman franchise at a time when like the Batman franchise was dead, dead. Like if you don't remember this, like I wasn't even in this industry yet. This was like what? 2005, 2006, but Batman and Robin had broken audiences. They were like, this is enough of this Batman crap. We've had four films shoved down our throats. There is a lot of Batman content. (laughs) Yeah. From the eight, from 89 to like 99, like this is all just too much in bat, you know, and Batman and Robin was a joke. And so it broke the franchise and Warner Brothers didn't know what to do with it. 
So it got down to the point that they let this little indie director who Christopher Nolan was at a time at the time. He was just an indie director, really. He had made thing, hits like, you know, notable hits like Memento and, you know, Insomnia. But he wasn't at all a blockbuster director that we know him to be today. And they let him take on the Batman franchise. He wanted to do this grounded, real world take on Batman. And he cast this movie with like almost all English actors and people were like <laughs> losing their minds. Nobody was behind this. Like opening weekend, Batman Begins was not a big ticket item. I was there opening weekend just because I lived next door to a movie theater. It was like, let me go see this new Batman movie. The marketing wasn't that strong. Like it was all just kind of like, eh. But when people got in and saw it, people were like, whoa, like this is crazy. Like this new vision of Batman you know, the nonlinear storytelling and the beginning to do the Batman origin and how Bruce Wayne actually step by step became Batman and t- treating it like high cinema for the first time with, like I said, English stage actors and, and like really accomplished lesbians and, you know, taking on these comic book roles and, and doing it in this different way uh, that was different from Burton and everything. So it didn't even do that well in theaters. But Batman Begins lived was also hit that time when like home video DVD and all that stuff really gave some franchises a film second life. And it really caught on at like wildfire once it was on home video. And then now we got the Nolan Batman franchise that everybody loves. So, yeah, the reason why it's number five and not like I'm sounding like I'm describing one of my top picks is because there are a lot of problems in Batman Begins. (laughs) The bat suit was ridiculous. Christian Bale nearly like (laughs) like went mad just trying to turn his head. Um, Katie Holmes <laughs> remains one of the worst cat miscastings in the history of comic book movies and is just drags down every scene in that movie that she's in. And the nonlinear Nolan stuff, while I loved it as a Nolan indie fan before I ever saw this film, it confused the hell out of a lot of people. And they weren't feeling it until mainly the second act and the third act um, when you get the twist with, you know, Liam Neeson and Rose and all that stuff in the traditional superhero battle at the end. So. Batman Begins is great, but it's not. It's far from perfect. There are some really kind of clunky parts to it. So it is just my number five. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I love I love it. Like You're making me want to rewatch it right now so bad. I, I have to preface. Oh, and that voice. I'm sorry. Yes, that voice, too, in the first one. My God. <laughs> I was just about to say that. That's so great. Um, but okay, so I have to start with this with me. Like my Batman picks are very nostalgic. Like I, I the only reason why Begins didn't get on my list is just because that's like the new school, like in my eyes, like not when I was a child, um, Batman. And that one was really tough for me because number five for me was between Begins and the one that I chose which I'm probably going to receive a lot of flack for. (laughs) But my number five is Lego Batman uh, movie. I just cannot tell you how much I enjoy this film. It is one that I watch over and over again. This is probably my most watched Batman movie, which is crazy to say, but it's easy. You can watch it, have a good time. It puts you in a really lighthearted and happy mood. It's so campy. Um, in the theater, I was laughing out loud, annoyingly, uh, and it just felt great to watch. Uh, there's so many inside jokes. There's so many Easter eggs. Like within the s- first six minutes, they introduce like every core villain from Batman ever. 
Like it, it's like immediate overload of information of Batman. And here's the other thing. If you don't know all of the Batman knowledge, you're still going to have a blast watching this. Like it, this is something that anyone can enjoy. And I just, I loved it. I just thought it was amazing. And I can't not put this on a list because of how much it's like a guilty pleasure. I just really, really love it. And it's, some of these other films are actually hard for me to watch, even though they're really, really good. They are difficult to watch. This one is just easy breezy. Such a good time. Makes me feel good. So yeah, that's my number five. Respect. Yeah. Respect. I love Lego Batman. It's so good. It's such a fun movie. To me, it's my favorite Lego film ever. And Lego anything, game, film, whatever. Like I love it. Uh, My favorite part actually is one of the first scenes where uh, Joker is like describing why he's like Batman's greatest enemy. And he tries to be all creepy. And then he's like, what am I supposed to be scared of this? Like Will Arnett as Batman is great too. So good. It's a good pick. I support this. It's so fun. Uh, So for mine, uh, number five, I will probably get just as much flack as you because uh, Batman 89 is my, is my fifth uh, favorite Batman. What? Um, Sorry, yeah, I have yeah, to. Yeah, I know. I know. But my list is gonna get is gonna get some flack. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It makes me feel better, Matt. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Batman eighty nine. Look, there's a lot to love about this. I I enjoyed uh, Tim Burton's take on on this franchise. Uh, the suit uh, still stands up uh, despite you know Keaton not being able to turn <laughs> like all that stuff still still stands up still looks great and frankly that's why it was made so it would look cool same way with the Batmobile there's so many iconic designs that we still look back on with fondness uh, because of this Burton world uh, and, and Keaton is as Batman um, is you know still stands up but to me the, the reason why this is number five is all about Nicholson's Joker that that take is so is so unique and probably antithetical to like what we've come to now understand as the Joker. The more takes of the Joker are are darker. The movies would then go that way as well. This Nicholson's Joker balances that he has an edge. You don't want to screw with him. He will kill you. <laughs> but it's done with this kind of lighthearted. There's, it's just it's just a very unique balance, and it's hard to capture. And there have been a lot of Jokers since then, um, but this one still. If you if you say Joker, I would to someone and go, you know, what comes to mind? Yes, you'll have a lot of people that will talk about recent things, but you will have a lot of people that still refer to that version of the character. So, um, you know, but why it's number five? There are things that stand out about it to me visually and certain characters like the Joker, but like overall, you know, this there's like a lot of characters in this movie that just feel kind of, you know, disposable. This is commissioner. Dan. <laughs> like you could swap them. Commissioner with Gordon. You this know. is commissioner Gordon. That's like uh, the most we get. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Joker's henchman, you know, guy. Oh, wait a minute. Like, Don't you, know, you talk about Bob. I'm because saying, my life goal is to get me uh, a Bob. No, I'm saying there's a lot. I want of a people. guy who, when I have problems is over my shoulder with the gun <laughs> immediately. And I'm just like, Bob, chill. There's like, a that's lot my of life goal in this movie that are just kind of, there and they and even like some of the stuff with bruce and right you know like there's there's just a lot of stuff that you could honestly are kind of forgetful okay like they're kind of forgettable um so i don't know like overall i remember designs i remember characters and things like that but i could not 
tell you like retell you like the entire plot off the top of my head. <laughs> that's how man because like eh, it's fine that's why that's not why we were there um so yeah that's batman 89 for me that's why it's number five all right you're you obviously did not see my note in the chat because you're back up it's a snake draft you are back all right up and you can announce number four for all of us number four is the batman uh and uh this one is, I mean, obviously, it's no better time to talk about the Batman. Um, yeah, let's just note, this is across the board. So we're yeah. just going to knock this one yeah. out fast because yeah, we, we all <laughs> put the Batman at number four. So, um, And I don't know, I come, I come away Randomly. with like, there's so many cool things about the. I love this world that Reeves created more so than any, like more so than most of the actual characters in it. I actually just really love the world and like, referring to to characters that are just like characters like oh that's the riddler oh that's batman and not saying it with the kind of meta wink and a nod to like justify its existence like i like that this world exists and it's cool and it's okay to embrace that so i love that and i also think this is one of the coolest selena kyle's like i I think this is one of the coolest Catwomans we've had in the movies uh she, she killed this role for me that's where i stand what do you guys think um, I put it at number four because I'm, I'm largely with you. I think that there are elements, like I said, if Batman begins, I think it's the same thing for me. There are, there's such a strong vision at the core of it. Matt Reeves made the most visually stunning Batman movie I've ever seen. Um, the, like with just the composition with the music, the, the way it's shot and the way the characters are composed and, and kind of presented is its own world in this, in the way that Burton kind of made it his own world too. Uh, it has elements of familiar Batman things, but it is Matt Reeves' own world. But and like I said, Nolan did the same thing. But his first time out of the gate, Nolan was also imperfect. And I think his first time out of the gate, Matt Reeves is also imperfect. But I think that what Matt Reeves achieves in his imperfect movie is a little bit higher than what Nolan did with his first movie. Um, and so that's how I kind of came to number four, which is I feel the same way about Batman Begins as I do the Batman, except I score the Batman a little higher than what was achieved with Batman Begins. Uh, because, man, Pattinson kills it in that Batsuit, boy. And like you said, the Catwoman, the female lead was, while still not perfect, was still better than like Rachel Dawes and freaking Batman Begins. And so the villain and kind of the plot line. So, um, yeah, so it was just a solid number four for me. And that's not to take away from it. Like some people think in the comments already that that's not high enough, but trust me, I have reasons for my top three Batman movies. After this. <laughs> Janelle. Yeah, same. I agreed with you guys. Uh, I will say this. It's a little unfair because I've obviously only seen it one time and, uh, it might change. Honestly, my ranking might change, by the time I get to watch it a few more times, obviously these have my other picks. I've seen quite a few right. uh, times, but uh, same the vibe. The vibe overall was just super up my alley. I love the aesthetic. I love the music. Um, you know, some people complain there wasn't enough action. I'm okay with that. Um, like it wasn't a typical like superhero type movie, and I, I kind of like it for that. And so I get some people not liking it for that reason. I did like it for that reason, and um, I'm super intrigued. I feel like that's the best word for me. Like I'm intrigued to see where this goes if they give us another one. I'm intrigued to watch it again and um, and just like find out more about him and I feel like I did I I feel like I got to know Bruce Wayne and like the Batman a little bit more with this film and that's why I really enjoyed it 
All right. This makes no sense, but uh, let's keep snaking in a weird way. Janelle, why don't you go ahead and just go with number three and then send it back to Mac and send it back to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm glad I get to start this one out. Uh, My third pick is I'm just going to keep saying it. Nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. This was a very important film to me as a kid. I think this is my first like adultish type film. Batman Returns. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is my favorite Catwoman ever. I dressed, I, I convinced my mom to let me get like the Catwoman outfit and wear it for Halloween. And I would wear it around the house and like crawl on the ground. I know this is a lot of information, but <laughs> I, I love, I loved Catwoman in this. Um, and I love Penguin. Like, it's just classic. Like, it's just so, so good. It felt so dark for me to watch this. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I was just, I was kind of immersed in this dark, darker style film that I had never really experienced before. Um, so it was kind of like life changing for me. And, and seeing this, I just, I, I love it. I can watch it again now. I'm not cringe. Like, I, I just think it's, it's still holds up. And that's what I love about it as well. So yeah, Batman returns for me. Number three. Awesome. Matt, do you hit us with your number three? You sure you want me to do this one? Uh oh! Yeah. Oh boy, Gus, are you go. sure you want me to do this one? You don't want to go first? Let's go out. We're we outside. Let's go outside. All right. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the Dark Knight uh, is my number three. Um, and, oh uh, my I, god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, um, look, uh, I, uh, I've, I, all I have to say is one. All I have to say is Heath Ledger. That's all I have to say is is Joker, and what an amazing performance. Um, and one of the, like, just, just character, like people just occupying characters. We talk about that all the time, right. Uh, in movies and becoming those people. And this was just incredible. It was still one of my, uh, favorite, uh, renditions. If not, it might, it might be my top. I think so. I've been pretty sure I'm going to have to think in my head. I actually had thought about that. We should do that list at some other time. Um, but that's just so, it's so wonderful. Um, and again, it just gets to play in that playground again of Nolan's universe. Um, so why is it not higher then if that's the case? Cause I love the, the back and forth between Joker and Batman in this movie. It's because um, there are times when the, when superhero movies like take on too, too much. And I really thought I wanted more for Harvey Dent. Like I actually wanted that. Like honestly, to me, there are a lot of Batman villains that could honestly be their own movie. Like they they need to be the focal point of the movie and not a side character. You know, there's a lot. Batman has a lot of villains that could act as side plots to other characters. That's fine. But for someone as iconic as Two Face to kind of and I and I and I like certain aspects of how how he was woven into the plot with Joker and things like that. But. I, I don't know, like the there was almost too much and it was just like one of the, it ended up two faced ended up getting the shaft on, on that. Um, and also that movie is like that movie feels like it should end three different times. <laughs> and I never like I was always like, OK, I'm ready. I'm like, let's let's stop. I'm cool. I'm good. And then it, like kept going and like the whole like boat scene. And so like, there's just things that like hold it back for me from, again, we're talking about the top echelon of movies. So this isn't really a put down on the dark night. It's a fantastic movie, but it just keeps it from like those other two spots on my list. So that's where I come at. I'll let Kofi and Janelle talk about it. I'm sure at some point. 
All right. We at the end again. Time to snake around through me. Um, my number three pick is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, all I'm going to say about this is that it is a Batman animated film that Warner Brothers knew was so good that they put it out as a theatrical release as opposed to like wow. a home release or just a special TV episode of Batman, the animated series, which yep. was hot at the time. They were like, no, this is good enough to be in theaters. And they were not wrong. Um, first of all, introducing one of the scariest and, and most prominent Batman villains we, we'd had seen in a while, a new villain. It takes this story and it at once links this kind of detective mystery, a very good detective mystery, murder mystery, almost like the Batman, a serial killer, um, and weaves it into Batman lore better than I think most Batman stories I've ever read or watched in any kind of format. I mean, the whole backstory of what's going on with Phantasm and where it comes from is tied to all these flashbacks in the past that kind of unravel and even end in a very twist, big twist about like who's really responsible and sets up this awesome end battle and features a badass female protagonist in this and like a femme fatale. And so it is basically the Batman in a lot of ways um, uh, because it is a, it's a detective noir story, just an animated form. Uh, And it, it, it is just some of the best Batman storytellers we have, like Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, you know, all those guys and gals who were working on that series. And yeah, they really put together just one of the best Batman stories I've ever experienced. And if you don't believe it's that influential, I mean, they're still doing it. And now, now some of the most sophisticated Batman storytellers like Tom King are still borrowing from this film and kind of drawing from it. So yeah, Batman Mask of the Phantasm is for a long time I mean, before, like even the Dark Knight was ranked as people's still like top, you know, three yeah. or top one. So it, it, there's good reason for this. Um, so that takes us to the number two picks. And I won't spend a lot of time. My number two pick was Batman 89. And um, I picked this because, like Matt said, there are some really questionable things. Like, I mean, I love Billy D. Williams, but him as Harvey Dent was always weird. Uh, Commissioner Gordon is just a guy who just, like, says, I'm Commissioner Gordon. You know, you know <laughs> he doesn't really have the whole Gordon Batman, uh, you know, dynamic. Um, Gotham is a little weird. But uh, Batman 89 is my number two because it's more than just a movie. It was a cultural milestone and a phenomenon. I was a little kid in like second grade when this came out. And this is when for me, and I think for the world that superhero blockbusters became, were born, were truly born from this movie because this wasn't just the movie. I mean, the movie alone just changed everything about Batman, like straight up and down, just changed everything about the character alongside the timing of Alan Moore and Frank Miller, just completely turned this character from what he had been into a a vision of Batman that we're still living under technically and influenced by. So there's that small feat, but uh, this whole package, the movie, the soundtrack by Prince. Oh my God. Merchandising. I had every trading card, you know, the costumes, (laughs) the Halloween spinoffs, like all of this stuff gave birth to the modern superhero blockbuster. This was the film that told film studios that were like, Whoa, yeah, like this, there's, there's big money in this and we should take this seriously. They wouldn't get it right. The formula would go so wrong for so many years, but this was the birthplace of that. And Burton really, in this film kicked that off. And so, yeah, it it was just, uh, yeah. I mean, just the experience. I I mean, it could be just my personal bias of childhood experience, but uh, Batman 89, 
I rank really high as being this transformative more than just picture. It was just a milestone for comic book films and for the Batman character. And I think, and there's nothing that will ever take that away. Um, so that's my number two pick. Let's go yeah. back to Janelle. Yeah, no, that's not just you. It is amazing. And I'm with you. <laughs> I also picked Batman 89 for a number two. Again, nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. I love these films. They remind me of my childhood. I was really, really into um, all the darker stuff and Tim Burton in general, just everything he was doing and everything. He just fit a superhero film into his aesthetic and it was so good it was just awesome fun fact did you guys know that robin williams was cast to play the joker first yep i didn't know that crazy i know everything about that movie it's crazy yeah i found that out they never wanted him in that role they just basically manipulated him poor robin williams and so he like forced warner brothers to apologize to him uh they were just trying to get jack nicholson to say yes brian flores (laughs) messed up but jack nicholson in that role i just he was he scared he scared me so much uh and but also like made me laugh i don't know i it was my first time really like loving the joker and uh, yeah, it, it just it was both serious and camp at the same time. Like some things were just like so over the top, but then other things were really down to earth and believable. And I just I loved I loved how that all fit together. So I could just go on and on. Batman 89 is amazing. Matt. Yeah. Uh, so I won't go crazy uh, long on this one uh, because I feel like Kofi actually uh just nailed everything i was, <laughs> was going to say about it but uh batman uh mask of the phantasm is is my uh number 2 for all those reasons it is just um a one i just adore the animated style i adore that look everything is just so perfectly noir about it and um all the designs and and all that plus just the fact that it was at the time bringing this villain who even now that we've had things that are like bringing the villain into the comics and things like that, this is still like the most iconic version of that character. They've, it's just, it's amazing what they did uh, in an animated movie. And so much so that like, I hold this up to for a long time, this was uh, my top favorite Batman movie. Um, It just, it it never shies away from, you know, some of the more uh, mature things. But again, it doesn't go overboard. And it's just, it's just perfect. I love this movie. Oh, it's, it's just about perfect. I don't really have any nitpicks. <laughs> like it was very, I almost made this my number one. So wow. um, God, I gotta watch great. this. It's so I, good, man. I love this movie. I'm I, embarrassed I haven't seen this. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's me. Um, all right. So it's time, Matt. Yeah, you get to start us off. Oh, I do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, uh, all right. So my number one is Kobe's number five, and that is Batman Begins. Wow. Says everything Uh, about us. I adore adore this movie. And what I did was I actually went and rewatched Begins uh, yesterday because I was actually doing a, I was was like, okay. Because, so I made my list first. And then I'm like, does it, does it hold up? You know, because I was just kind of like, maybe I was just like remembering things too fondly and like rose colored glasses and all that. Jim, so came in. Jim Viscardi came in just to roast you in the comments. Yeah, that's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I rewatched it and uh, that movie is fantastic. That movie is so, it, all the things I loved about it, I actually ended up loving more. Uh, Liam Neeson as, as Roz is just 
amazing erase. I know some people say it differently, but I'll <laughs> say Roz. Um, I, say Roz. I, I love like th- it's one of those like personifying the character in such a perfect way. And like the minute he starts talking, you believe it. You believe it. It's so it's so good. Uh, the Batman voice. I will always rip on the Batman voice. Uh, not as bad as I actually remember but I think it was because I put it on such a low pedestal. I will always, I always rip on that voice. Um, but, uh, but the things that bothered me when I first saw it. So like Katie Holmes, Rachel Dawes, um, the, the voice did not really bother me to the point here where I was like, they take anything away from all the things I absolutely love about it. This journey, like what a bringing in Batman's origin and, and the way Alfred has worked into that and they're back and forth with him. Like he's a real tool at the beginning of that movie <laughs> like christian bale's bruce wayne is is like horrible at the beginning of that movie and there is a really great arc to like him becoming batman and it's one of the things i just really love about that movie like how point a to point b i think that's just great um and the whole ending sequence like the whole how they get back into gotham and how all that kind of comes full circle oh man and lucius fox morgan freeman's lucius fox is phenomenal and all like it was like just actors getting to just play in this ridiculous toy box that I, and I loved it. So yeah, I, this movie still, I will, I've rewatched Batman Begins probably the most that I've watched rewatched Batman movies other than mask Lego. I'm just kidding. And, uh, <laughs> and I love Lego, but like I will rewatch it again. Like it's that good to me. And, and the other two were excellent as well, but they didn't quite ever hit that high spot for me. Batman Begins just rules. So that's my number one. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to go and rewatch Batman forever. Don't let this man influence you, Janelle. You and I had <laughs> a different number one. Let's yes. just get our two hours because we're going to, we got other stuff to I'll, do. I'll, do you go. I'm going to no, let No, you, you know, Jay, this. you take this when you go. For oh, gosh. Okay, fine. I'm just going to be really quick, guys. I feel like, I feel like everyone would pick this as number one. I can't. Except Matt. Except for Matt. Everyone, guys, The Dark Knight, number one. I can't even imagine this not being number one for anyone ever. Uh, You know, obviously Heath Ledger Joker is the best Joker. Um, Not my favorite Joker. We've already talked about this, but the best. Yes. Like I can, I can give that to Heath Ledger's Joker. Uh, Like deep, deep storytelling and action packed which is really nice because some of them are like lacking. Like sometimes they'll just have really good like character development and then some of them will just be action. But this one, they just, it is like everything. I will say this movie is hard for me to watch. It is so intense and dark. It is a experience and it wears me out, but this it's just so good. And I couldn't not put it there as much as I wanted to put Lego back. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, It's, I just love it. And I don't, I mean, Matt already talked about it. Kofi. I mean, I'm sure you're going to have a million things to say, so I'm just going to let you say it because you wrap everything up perfectly, but I just love this. I love this film. It's just brilliant. I saw it three times in the theater. Yeah. You saw that three times now, three times in the theater. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I think uh, think Kofi or me, Sir Kofi froze. So um, I will speak for him. I'll speak for Kofi. I loved all of Matt's opinions. I think they were all valid. I agree with everything he says for the rest of this show. What an institution 
of comedy. Kobe is not frozen for me. He's just <laughs> muted. <laughs> so I'm watching that facial expression. He's shaking his fist. I love it. Kobe, it's just your mic. It's not anything else. But I, I don't know. I feel like everybody is kind of agreeing in the chat on <laughs> the dark. Everybody agrees with me? Oh, man. No, that's so nice to hear. Night. Man. Yeah, I need more of that at home. Uh, and we do have Jim in the chat, by the way. So I'd love to know Jim's number one fat man pick, personally oh, speaking. He, okay, so I just want to bring 100% attention to the fact that Viscardi Vendetta just said, but Batman and Robin is tops. Okay, can we just, in the comments, He's can we just... kidding. No, don't think so. <laughs> no way. He's got to be joking. He just said tops again. <laughs> I am back. My God, I was frozen. We're off the rails. Stupid, Stupid Riddler froze my entire thing. I'm stuck in this horrible cycle. And I might get stuck there again. Maybe. Stupid Riddler site. This stupid Batman game. This is why you didn't get higher than number four. Because this <laughs> your marketing is All right, we got we to gotta move. Is there yes, anything else on. you want to add? I just want to say the Dark Knight is my top pick because it is one of the best, not just Batman stories, about the Batman-Joker relationship. That focus, which is the core of that character, but also just one of the best crime thriller movies I've ever seen. And unlike the Batman's villain... This villain actually had a plan that makes sense, worked, and surprised and shocked us. Mm -hmm. So Heath Ledger's Joker, just the whole kind of storyline about him and his unfolding plan was actually really good. And the boat scene's more messed up. And if you watch the boat scene in the context of today and just how opinions are and people are, like, yeah, that thing still holds up as very powerful. So um, love The Dark Knight. Uh, still one of the best comic book movies ever made for me. Matt, take it away. All right. So, uh, yeah, so that was our that was our movies, uh, our rankings. We will have uh, them up on social as well. So definitely uh, I know uh, some of you guys listed uh, some of yours in the chat as well. Definitely uh, comment uh, on there and leave us yours there as well. Uh, interested to see that. And then at some point we've got a DC shows one coming up. Uh, so hopefully in the next few weeks. Uh, we'll get to that as well. Uh, so moving into uh, some gaming real quick. Uh, this is today is release day of uh, WWE 2K22. Um, so after uh, some years away, after some time off, um, and you can actually see some of the game here, uh, some footage. And uh, it's it's back. And I got to say, it seems like they listened uh, to a lot of the feedback uh, that they got, um, you know, Part of the thing, the biggest here, the biggest thing here is actually my GM mode, which has been one of the most requested features in the game for years. <laughs> and it was never seemed like we were going to get that. Uh, 2K22 brings that here. I, when I was reviewing this, it was very hard not to just play that the whole time. Like I actually had to tear myself away from that and go play other stuff because <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to give this like a real shot. I got to go create some wrestlers, which I created a Witcher and a Captain Marvel that I will put on social at some point in time. Uh, all of my creations will be downvoted, I'm sure, but I think they look cool. Uh, but yeah, so like, of course, there's a 2K showcase mode here, which features Rey Mysterio. Uh, something they actually did uh, really well here was that they added this kind of transition effect. So for those who don't know, 2K showcase follows the career of the chosen superstar, in this case, Rey, and then plays, you play iconic matches in their career. And so you have to like fulfill certain key spots. But when that happens, 
it like transitions to real footage, but the way it does it is like seamless. So like he'll be diving out of the ropes and then literally you're into real footage and you're seeing how the match actually played out. And then it does another move and then it ties back in and you're in gameplay. It's really cool. And and for fans of Ray, uh, it will be awesome to go through these uh, various matches over the years against Batista and Eddie Guerrero. So uh, really love that. But my GM mode is going to be the star of this um, getting to actually build your own brand and like you can do that in universe mode, but in GM, it's like it's all the things that come with like running a business, right? So you have to keep costs in mind. You can only, you know, have as many superstars as you can afford. Contracts come up for renewal and like they'll offer you contract deals. You can counter propose. You might lose them if you book people badly uh, or piss them off because you put them in the match solely because someone else requested it. Like I did to Booker T. I'm sorry, Booker T. Uh, they get mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> and they might leave. So like there's all these things to kind of keep track of and you're competing against other brands. And so you're you're vying for ratings and fans and you're listening to social media. There's just so much to this mode. And even then it's a little limited. Like I wish there were a couple other things that you could do. Like you can only have two champions per uh, per brand and things like that. But all that stuff is like stuff they can improve on in the future. Um, but as far as visually, you're looking at it, some of the entrances and stuff, the graphics have taken a huge step up, uh, even in the ring as well. Uh, animations in the game have also gotten a big step. Uh, the control scheme is new. Uh, it took me a minute to actually still get, and I'm still actually honestly getting a little used to like the new control scheme. I, I do things by muscle memory sometimes accidentally and then lift a sledgehammer when I did not mean to. So <laughs> that's my bad though. That'll happen with time. Um, but like the biggest drawbacks are online play. Um, now they have said that they have fixed this. I saw the last update was kind of like that they fixed this, but when I was trying to play during early access, uh, online play was like, it was hell trying to get into a match. It was like either dropping me completely. It was timeouts. It was, Hey, this session is full when it literally said two or four, <laughs> two seconds ago. So like, it was so hard to actually get a match. Once I got in the match, it was fine. It worked great. I had some really fun matches, but just getting one to load and actually happen was a pain. So hopefully, you know, once this initial flood of, of people come in, that will be fixed. Uh, that's my main gripe. Uh, my rise is actually really fun, but, but has some graphical things here and there, some really stilted dialogue, but overall, everything else I feel like just made a major step up. And GM mode is just gold. So uh, I came away really happy with this. I mean, I, this would be something that I'm going to continue to play um, going forward. So uh, if you are looking for a full review, you can head over to comicbook.com where I go in a ton on all of the features and things like that. Uh, but it is a definite recommend for me, man. All right, Matt, since we're still here, why don't you tell us about some comics this week? Let's get into it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So uh, we're going to talk about um, 10 Deaths of Wolverine first. Number four. Yes. And I'm going to say for me, I cannot speak for either of, of you two, of course, but I will say for me, we have swapped and deaths has Ooh. become the most compelling book of the Wolverine series. I am like, I want to read deaths now, especially after this issue, uh, uh, obviously spoilers incoming uh, for deaths of Wolverine number four. So if you have not read it, I apologize. Uh, but we're getting into like, multiple futures here we're starting to see how all these things play out and come full circle and why like we get like a, a mission with the wolverine family like hunting down mora and you're seeing all the things from like house and power start to come into play 
Oh man. Like I, I was just like, I, I read this so fast. <laughs> I read this yeah. issue so quickly. And I was like, I need the next one. I need it now. Um, so for me, that they've kind of swapped where we were really high on lives at first. And lives are still good. But deaths, to me, is like where it's at. I don't know what you guys feel. Um, this is the thing that really clicked to me for the first time deeply since we did the House of X, Powers of X saga on this show in the first season. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, you guys got to go back to our first season and listen to every one of our breakdowns while we in real time experienced house and powers <laughs> of X each week. Cause it was crazy. Like it was, it was super duper nuts, but um, yeah, this was the first time I got that feeling again. Cause I just started out reading and I was just like this Omega Wolverine. I was like, okay, he's like Terminator Wolverine's a gimmick. But then when this issue started from the very first panel and I realized it was going to be from his point of view, I was like, and then I started seeing like, Oh, Oh, and like my brain was like firing up and I back <laughs> like, yeah, this was it. And you're right. Like deaths is now the book. And I realized why they played it slow because this is the money payout from house of X. Right. And there's still a lot of confusing little details to get through, but like, wow, way to bring it all around. And I wrote up the article about explaining his origin and they really do. If you go back and look at house of X, it's really slick what they do because it all comes back and we're going to talk spoilers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to Moira's sixth lifetime, which was the big twist ending to House of X. They saved it. It wasn't her last lifetime, but it's the one they told you the the least about while they're kind of while they did this other story. And so basically we came out finding out that, you know, Moira, that there was this other threat who we've heard like nothing about really since then. Um, Post humanity, this fusion of like humanity and machines that, that came out of the war and became something else who wanted to escape the cycle of like mortal fate and conflict by merging with the phalanx and achieving this godhood, right? Through X deaths of Wolverine, what it's kind of come out is that Moira was always the source of that threat or is the now the source of that threat of post-humanity um, and this merging of man and machine. And it's kind of crazy because it's this double-sided time loop, right? In the first cycle, Moira killed Wolverine killed Moira to send her into her next lifetime and leave the whole post-humanity future behind. What we find out in this issue is that Wolverine had a fail-safe and a Krakoan seed in his eye, and that after Moira was gone years later, he also time travels when he finds out she's the thing that comes back and causes all of this. And so that's who Omega Wolverine is. It's this Wolverine from the sixth lifetime that comes back and is actually a hero. And so it all flips around. Now I love that head, like that, that point of view change, but man, I thought this book went slightly over the top with it, with how quickly we switched to now Omega Wolverine is the hero and Moira is definitely the villain because no more ambiguity. When you go and go to your ex lover, skin him, take his face, leather face style and oh, use it to man. get onto an eye, which was just, I mean, if, if this so is the intense. revenge for fridging, I guess, I guess, but like, I mean, look, face I, taking, that was a little bit extreme she, in like a Marvel book. I she knows like, he's going to be brought back though. Right. right? So yeah, like, I, okay. And she guys, in her, guys in her I, I want to question when you guys start explaining away face taking. No, I think you I'm guys need to though, chill a her, Okay. To be fair though, not even to be fair, like there's no excuse. Why do I have to say this? There's no excuse for face taking. I <laughs> feel <laughs> like I shouldn't have to say that, but okay. Uh, but in this context, as far as the turn, she's been pretty burned 
from the mm-hmm. beginning of this series. I mean, it's not hard to see her go to that extreme when literally she was robbed of her powers, exiled, yeah. and is trying to like is hunted at every turn. I mean, I, I agree. I can see why how she gets to this point of like, well, screw them. They're coming back anyway. I don't care. Like, even though she loved him, she just saw him as an as a point where she could get access. So mm-hmm. I get the, as far as like her going to that extreme, obviously it is extreme, but then this is also Percy, right? And we've seen some pretty wild stuff in X-Force. I mean, you remember that domino reveal? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, mean, was, that was pretty was rough. I mean, that yeah, was pretty gruesome. They, I mean, they play stuff in these books. You got to check on that. We need a wellness check. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like really, 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 really compelling. Yeah, this is the one that really got me this week. I was all about it. And exactly like you said, I read it so quickly. It's nice to have everything kind of coming together because when I first started reading these, obviously without all the same knowledge that you guys have of X-Men, I felt a little overwhelmed and a little confused at times. And now I'm finally getting the bigger picture. It's making sense and it's so rewarding. So I'm really glad that, that you guys looped me in on this one. Yes, I am very, um, very excited for the next issue. Uh, let's move over to DC and Trial of the Amazons. Number one, uh, the launch of this much uh, long-awaited event that brings all of the Wonder Women characters that we've kind of been uh, really getting into over the past like year. Nubia, uh, mm-hmm. Yara. Uh, spoilers are incoming, by the way, for this. Um, this is a long book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a long book. It's unnecessary at times. It it is a lot of dialogue. I will say by the end of it, I was, I was like engaged in what, what the premise is, how we're moving forward. But boy, it took a long way to get there. It took a long time to get there. It's like, this book is just a lot. And there's a lot of setup that like, I understand why they had to do some of it because if you're not reading, look, I'm reading Nubia. I, I was reading Yar until it was unrightfully canceled. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> I was reading Justice League with Apollo in it. So obviously I know where all the key players are already. So, but this book wasn't really made for necessarily just me. It was made for other people who maybe haven't been keeping up with those. So they have to establish all these timelines. Still, mm-hmm. there could have been a truncated way to, to do that, it feels like. And so that the momentum doesn't slow. Cause yeah, this book is long. However, by the end, and we start getting all these tribes coming together and all the kind of issues they have, the baggage they have from before Yara's entrance is yet again, amazing. And just uh, like, she needs to be in here more. She's barely in this book and that's mm-hmm. a crime. So hopefully she is more involved in the series now that she's actually in this. Um, but I liked it. I just, yeah. Execution could have been better for me. What do you guys think? Because of comicsology, I am slow on my comics right now. I did not get to this one. And it sounds like I dodged a bullet. Kobe, <laughs> you did. In fact, uh, I will say that I was so impressed with the artwork. We'll start yeah, with that. Pretty. Like it was beautiful, beautiful. And these women are drawn just, they're, gorgeous but it was a lot of dialogue that was unnecessary i get it certain people are beefing you don't have to like spell it out i'm not i'm not that unclear like i i just felt like there was too much story like I, they're trying so hard to show that these people don't like each other i'm like i get yeah. it yeah I get, I get it. it yeah but the cliffhanger is whoa and <laughs> yara is queen of all Oh my god, it's so good! Like Jerry's in it. Jerry, oh, so robbed. Good. 
All right, All right side note, we got this Batman download. Oh. Uh, it seems to be, so far, what we have is a collection, uh, 24 photos, and it's a basically like a photo scrapbook of the Riddlers behind the scenes. His serial, his John Doe book. You know that scene in oh. Seven when they go in John Doe's apartment? Mm. So this is what it is. It's his journals. It's all the cool. photo surveillance he did. So mm. photos of all the you know mayoral police characters, like all the people he took out. All the surveillance he did, um, all his crazy, like scribbled serial killer, you know, rantings and designs for the traps he made, like the rat thing into the mouth of the guy, you know, all that stuff. So, so it's just basically like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, just cool. a journal. I mean, it's pretty freaky and there's a lot of level of details, but it's it's the John Doe stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, nice little detail. Don't know if there's something hidden within all that that will. Kind Probably. of people will pick up like as they start to uncover it. We'll see. I'm sure you know how it. this is all puzzles. I think Matt Reeves took it personally when they said these were brain teasers, not riddles. There's probably some <laughs> intricate puzzle on puzzle on puzzle in there. So we'll see what uh, comes out. But that's what it is right now. Sweet. Uh, moving on to last book of the uh, the week, the poll winner. Thank you, everybody. Punisher number one. Uh, Jason Aaron's uh, new, not new take on the character, but I will say evolution of the character um look i'm not the big i've never been like the biggest punisher fan uh but i've enjoyed various iterations of the character especially when he's like teamed up with other people because the contrast come out more you know because it's fun to play in like captain america having the team of punisher is like interesting in itself because they stand for such different yeah. things but i will say this was uh i really enjoyed this issue i was not i didn't really know what to expect from it um it having him involved with the hand in the way that he is, is allows you to see all the things that Punisher does and does very well, but it also allows the character some room to maybe change and move in some, some interesting ways. We'll have to see how that plays out over time. But as far as like the premise, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's really cool. Also, I will say, unlike Batman, they talk a lot about Punisher, like how Punisher came to be and what happened to him to make him become the Punisher. That's always talked about in Punisher books, but it's actually not shown all that much. Like that's an origin story that unlike Batman, where you just go the pearls and the, like everyone's seen so many takes on that. The Punisher is one that like, you know it. But you yeah. don't necessarily, it's not always put in your face. Well, every it's hard to series. put that in your, like, children. Right, it's and, so, so I thought yeah. the intro to this was incredibly was effective. crazy good. Yeah. yeah, like, it really got you they in that space. They did such space. a good job, yeah. And when you see him, you care. Mm -hmm. and, and you're immersed a bit more than just like, oh, hey, it's Punisher again. So I don't know, I really loved that part about what you guys think. Um... I felt like when I felt, when I kind of first opened up Garth Ennis and Welcome Back, Frank... Which is like, I was at a point then where I was like, you know, Punisher's been done and I don't know what this is going to do, but I'm going to give it a chance. And then I was, by the end of it, I was like, oh, wow, like, you know, this is a re it felt like a renewed Punisher to me. So I've just been looking on the outside as this whole Punisher changing the logo, making him part of the hand arc is going to shape up. And, you know, I lived through the late 90s when they made Punisher like an angel. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Like <laughs> when they went a little anime with it and stuff like futuristic yeah, angel, man. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, so I was had some bad stuff from that. But uh, Jason Aaron has definitely made me kind of cautiously optimistic that this was going to be an interesting new run on the Punisher because the Punisher as a kind of an embodiment of death and, and you know, all this stuff, Avengers and the hand. Be equally being that kind of embodiment 
is an interesting pairing. And, and I think Aaron shows that he's not getting lost in the comic bookiness of it so much as he is kind of taking it in, filtering it through a character study. And I, I feel like that so far is good. And so all the kind of comic bookish elements of it kind of get grounded by this more, you know, so like edgy take on Frank Castle and who he truly is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, sure. uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, like I said, like we were talking about, I thought they opened it up really, really well. And I'm very interested in like his role here and his involvement with all of this. Like my familiarity with all of this it comes from like the Arrowverse. Yeah. So I'm just, it's really cool to see it kind of like, like, that's like, like a comparison to like, kind of. Because yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I just, all of it. It's just, it's, I don't know. I just feel like it's all kind of like starting to come together for me where I'm understanding the worlds that, that these comic books are putting me in. And I just feel like I'm following better than I ever have. So this was really rewarding for me in that regard where I just kind of like, I was like, Oh, I get what's happening. And it, I don't know. I just thought they did. I I thought it it was very well done and I enjoyed obviously a completely different vibe than the two others. Right. But, uh, but enjoyable in its own way, very serious in tone and obviously, but yeah, I think this could turn out to be pretty cool. Yeah, he's got knives in his fridge, man. Makes all the yeah. sense in the world. He's got knives in his fridge, and that last page reveal got got me, got me yeah. hooked. Okay, I'm I'm very interested. So yeah, so that's uh, comics this week, but I know we got to run. But uh, it didn't take long. But of course, right here at the end. So uh, if they got to cut this down for time on TV, I know we got to cut down on time. <laughs> Sometimes we had to cut some pieces, but make sure we get this at the end because right as we were sitting here, people have quickly deciphered this Riddler Ooh. site. And there is one message that says Gotham loves a comeback. Oh. So basically it looks like this is our tease for the Batman two. It looks probably something throughout the day oh. or soon we'll be dropping where they announce the Batman two officially. So we're just going to pretend we all heard it now. So hell, guys. Let's go. You think it'll be the Dark Knight? Maybe our rankings will change. You don't know. It's all come full circle. This is Comic Book Nation. Your one-stop thought for all things geek culture. I don't even know if I said that right, but we are excited because our future selves heard about the Batman 2 and our past selves are connecting them. And that's a Project Adam plug somehow. Uh, so Project Adam is out on Netflix. So check that out. Scream is out on Paramount Plus. Check that out. We're on Paramount Plus. Check us out. Comic Book Nation. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Kofi Outlaw. Matt Aguilar, Janelle Wheeler. You can see all their at stuff on the screen. If not, check us down on Twitter. We'll see you guys next time. We're getting out of here fast. Peace. Peace. Okay. <laughs>